Hi, you've called Age. And Mitch. And this is Message on the Machine. Gritty conversations by smooth operators. You know what to do. Let's get cooking, baby. In the famous words of the George Columbaris, and I've been told I kind of resemble him a little bit, which is quite <laughs> concerning. And you've been cancelled just as much. Yeah, literally. Time to boom, boom, shake the room, baby. <laughs> That's it. We've got five minutes. It's time to plate up. If you're not plating up now, we're in trouble. That's right. We have the very illustrious... Illustrious? Is that a word? Illustrious, but that's okay. Yeah, thanks Thanks for being here. <laughs> pleasure. Khan Ong in the pressure cooker tonight. I know. It's a very exciting guest that we've got on. Chef, DJ, influencer, advocate, survivor. The list goes on. And now close personal friend of the podcast. And now message on the machine family member, which mm. we're very, very, very happy about. We had a great chat with Khan. This is an episode where we obviously go through all things Khan that you kind of covered. But, you know, I think it's also really great because we really peel back, you know, the gay side of life, which we love to do. <laughs> peel back the gay side of life. Well, that should be our Insta bio. <laughs> it should be, I think. No, we really get into like some of that deep chat, which we know Adrian loves mm. um, about, you know, growing up gay and that kind of thing. And I think it's really interesting listening to Khan's experience on that. Totally. I feel like obviously... There was a lot to cover. It's a bit of a bumper app. Maybe we should just get him in and jump straight into it. Yeah, let's bring him in. Aprons on. <laughs> Tongs Myst- up. Mystery box out. Go. <laughs> Put away your box. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's getting hot in this kitchen. <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> That's Don't... called being on the spot, darling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. We want to welcome, obviously, Man of the Hour, Khan. Thank you so much for coming down. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. So excited. Now, Khan is not wearing like a chef's hat and apron, as you all might assume. So just we're going to paint a picture for you now. He's in a gorgeous double denim look. <laughs> yeah, it's quite iconic. Sort of very, um, you know, turn of the century Britney JT vibe. It is actually. It is a bit. Um, we will just say, though, that we are a little bit behind schedule because Khan was ironically cooking up a storm yeah. at home. <laughs> Care to discuss? Okay, I was only like 10 minutes <laughs> late. It wasn't that even that much. I was like, And I told you, I was like, hey, I told them like an hour ahead. I was like, I'm going to be 10 minutes late because my meal's not coming together as I thought. <laughs> and I'm like, it just needs to happen right now. It's a pressure test. We've got 10 minutes left in the kitchen. It's yeah. now or never. Do you just put on like an old MasterChef recording and just put yourself under the pressure a little bit? You know that I was actually doing I was actually doing homework and listening to Message on the Machine. Uh, yeah, because I was like, uh, oh, got to do a little bit of homework here. Good yeah. answer. Good, <laughs> good answer. answer. Very good. Well, what were you cooking for all the people at home? Um, A Spanish omelette. So I had a girlfriend downstairs and her boyfriend's away and she's like, can you cook me something? And I was like, I woke up this morning. I was like, I need to make content. 100% come upstairs. <laughs> and I was like, what do I have? I was like, I have potatoes. I have onion. I have eggs. <laughs> Spanish omelette it is. Yeah, perfect. That's great. Do people ask you a lot to just cook you stuff, random, like to cook randomly? Yeah, so a lot of my friends know that if I'm out or if I'm working the night before, I'll really feel like cooking the next day. Uh-huh. So they'll message me either the night before or in the morning, being like, yeah, what are you yeah. making? You I've make noticed morning? like your stories, it's very like, I'm hungover, so I'm going to cook this elaborate meal today. <laughs> yeah. That's... Which doesn't feel like the norm or anything that I would gravitate towards, but... 
Is that kind of like your decompress? Yeah. You know how like some people when they're hungover, they're like, I'm going to go to the gym so I feel better about myself. Mm. I do I do the cooking thing because I feel like I'm making content. Like mm-hmm. it's like still kind of work. Yeah. Um, okay. Saying that though, everyone talks about these hangover meals. I've done five of the videos. <laughs> yet everyone's like, you're always hungover. I'm like, it's been eight months and I've made five of them. Like, No, literally I put one up the other day and people were like, we think that you might have an issue. And I was like, bitch, <laughs> I haven't had a drink for five weeks. Like, oh my God, that's so funny. Do to you be think... fair, everyone, when I'd said, I was like, oh, we we're recording with Kung on the weekend, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, love his hangover vids, love the hangover reels. <laughs> and I was like, I've only, literally, I was like, I feel like I've only seen like one or two. I didn't know they were such a thing, but that's why. I reckon it's because people are constantly just resharing them. So it looks like in the feed, you're just hungover every morning. Yeah. You've got a strong drinking problem. I know, but honestly, because I'm like, I looked back, I was like, when was my last hangover video? I'm like, five weeks ago, there's been eight videos in between, and yet people are still like, he's a drunk. So funny, <laughs> so funny. Well, look, before we kick off, can we always open with our signature questioning, which is, what was the last thing you Googled, my love? So I looked through my Google search history, and it is the most boring Google search history, I reckon, for anyone. <laughs> the top one is Le Creuset, as in, like, we're talking french made cast iron pots yeah mm. second one is um <laughs> tft builds which is like an online game where like you build teams and i want okay. to sort of, yeah and you rolled i don't know so anyway, you're a gamer i'm a gamer nice um, i do it i game around 1am so once my day's done i finish my night on a 45 minute session on quick 45 yeah, oh, yeah. tft I guess like people read before bed, just have a quick bit of a quick, you know. Yeah, so I play the game and they have a YouTube video of like parents cooking things for their children's lunches. <laughs> like literally, that's my two things that are on my screen. That's Khan winding down. That's so funny. That's nice. <laughs> Fucking hell. And I mean, the, the pots is not surprising. The uh, French pots. There's also like always, it's, it's probably in there now, it's always Henry Cavill doing something. Like I yeah. always look for Henry Cavill doing things. <laughs> is he your celeb crush? I think so, but it's uh, like people think it's just because of the way he looks, but like, he's super random and he's a nerd and I'm kind of a nerd. Okay. So I'm like super into the fact that he's a nerd. Like the other day I watched a video of him like running through the forest talking about protein <laughs> and I'm like, this is the most random video ever. So have you been running through the forest since just connecting with Henry? Or? No. You know what I did too though? I, um... I did comment on one of his Instagrams, like, and I was like one of the first in like the minute, and it got like fifty thousand likes. And oh, all wow. I wrote is whatever you're buying, I mean whatever you're selling, I'm buying it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That's it's, great. Like definition of that person, I do this too. Where it's like I don't know you personally at all, but I know that if we were in real life and to connect, we would be friends, or we would be like. We, we'd, we'd hit it off. No, Henry and I would not be friends. <laughs> like, I just don't think we would get along. No, I mean, he's probably listening right now, so let's not sell yourself no. short. This could be the start of something beautiful. I'll cook him something nice. Something yeah. in the forest. Slide into Khan's <laughs> Something in the forest. <laughs> get the trangier out. Forest Wait, meal. bring your protein powder, I'll make you a pancake. Some truffle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Mitchell, what about you? What did you Google? Mine is like really random, mm-hmm. but the Google was synonyms for bird-like. Because I was trying to describe, like, this kind of thin, like, bony person. (laughs) And I was like, there's got to be a word for someone who looks like a bird. And I couldn't find it. Okay. That's that. Always fucking... Would you be like, they're very avian? Okay, that was the word I was looking for. Okay. (laughs) So thank God you're here. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's killed grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about you, darling? What was your Mine last Mine is Google? actually giant disco balls. Okay. Yeah. Because mm. I'm planning my 30th. Um, yes. As we know, it's a bling on 30 theme. 
I really thought that like I was gonna need to like fetish shame you there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, what are you? Where is that ball right now? <laughs> no, no. Um, so yeah, I'm looking at those because I want a few of them in the room. Okay, they're things. so expensive. Ah, uh, well, uh, fucking, I know. Yeah, okay. I don't know why I know that, but like, I know that giant disco balls are very expensive. And I don't just want like, I want it to have like a few. Like, I want it to be like yeah, a bit right. of a thing. So like, yeah. You know the um. Everyone thinks that you should just buy things because you keep it for longer, but like that's something you're never gonna need again. Get a like a rental, a rental, yes, because that's it what will I'm... probably cost you like four hundred bucks. Yeah, but it's gonna probably cost you four hundred bucks to get one giant one. Mm. And do I want to be dealing with that on my thirtieth? Install, installing, uninstalling, bumping in and out. Absolutely fucking not. I'll be watching hungover cooking videos. Yeah, the next day there won't be parents any... cooking for well, their children. Look, if your birthday <laughs> is before June eighteenth, I won't be hungover. <gasps> Yes. Oh, I've been setting dates for when I'm allowed to drink. Oh, okay. they're, they're only in key events because everyone thinks I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> for the record. So you're not drinking from now until the 18th of June. Yes. So I've got a wedding on the 18th of June. That's my next yeah. drinking date. Do you know Crazy. what? I actually fucking love that because we were literally just having a chat before we got into the studio today, Mitch and I, about like last weekend was a long weekend and I really sent it and I was like, you know what? I'm like... I don't need to do that again this yes. weekend just because it's a long weekend. I'm like, I'm so happy, like, wetting that whistle once and just going into hiding for a little bit. Yeah. Doing me. And then I'm like, the next time I want to let my head down, I'm, that'll last me another month. Which will be tomorrow evening, probably. <laughs> Fuck off. You know, when people say wetting the whistle, it literally sounds like getting your dick wet. Like, every single time they <laughs> yeah. say it, I'm like, I know you're talking about a drink, but it's like, it's the worst way of saying yeah, it. Yeah, last it's night I just got my whistle wet, you know. <laughs> it's very straight, isn't it? I forgot. Apologies to everyone listening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Khan, let's get cracking into you. Let's crack you open. Um, <laughs> now, now we're getting. Now I'm gonna wet your whistle up. <laughs> so um, obviously, follow me on OnlyFans at, yeah. um, <laughs> at wetwhistle dot. <laughs> no, well, look. Obviously, we've got you in the studio today. We'd love to sort of go back in time, I guess, maybe and start off where Khan was. Born, not made of not physically born, but yeah. I guess we don't need to go back that far. No, maybe Came not. Out of my mother's vagina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we were in Indonesia <laughs> uh, in a refugee camp. That's when I was born. Really? Yeah. You're like actually. Let's actually touch oh, on yeah. that now. <laughs> you were born in a refugee camp. Yeah, I was born in a, a refugee camp. Mum and dad lived there for five years. I lived there for two and a bit. Wow. In, in in Indonesia, they came from Vietnam. They're like actual boat people, as in like mum and dad were on boats that broke down and were attacked by pirates. They've got a very amazing Oh my story. God, wow. I want to get your parents yeah. on this <laughs> show, Mum will never speak about it. Like, really? I'm, really? I'm in the process of writing her memoir with her okay. and um, and it's really hard to get information out of her. Like we'll go down like a full five months of doing something and then she'll be like, oh yeah, remember how I told you that there were sharks like trying to bite your dad because he was changing the propeller? I was like... No, oh no, you didn't God. tell me that. Oh. I was like, so you don't tell me the interesting stuff, but you're telling me about how like our auntie wouldn't give you like a chicken thigh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what <Yeah>. priorities? <laughs> It'd be so it was the last chicken thigh to like learn that stuff about your actual family years later in life. Yeah. Like you think you'd know probably know everything already. Like, exactly. Grew up here, blah blah blah. So confirming. So I was going to say because your Vietnamese background is what I, I am thought. Vietnamese. But your parents were then in Indonesia. Yeah. So the process of coming over to Australia or trying to get here at the time was you got held in Indonesia and they processed your papers and you either go to Malaysia or here. Right. So that's kind of how that all happened. And um, it was a very weird process because nowadays when people think refugee camps, they think jail. Yeah. Mm. Um, back then it wasn't really that. It was they were on an island. They were given like housing mm -hmm. and everyone had jobs. 
Wow. Right. And so, like, they were either making money or, like, doing things. Yeah, okay. So, like, Dad, like, chopped wood for the government there. Mum was a seamstress. And Dad would also catch snakes on the side. I don't know. That, that <laughs> like, it sounds a bit like school camp. Yeah, bit hobby, right? Bit of a hobby snake so, catcher. Yeah, so I'm not scared of snakes because I grew up around them. Right. I'm terrified of my snakes. My father, the snake catcher. Yeah, I lo- oh, my God, that's a great... Memoir name, what the fuck? (laughs) I'm pretty good with my words. Mitch is the wordsmith of the the duo, so you can take that. We'll charge you for it later. (laughs) Cut this out. (laughs) So we'll fast forward a little bit now from, you know, your birth um, (laughs) to when you kind of started working as a career person because you've sort of had a few pivots, I feel like. Fuck my life. Like I've I've gone through like a million and a half things. Yeah. Um, all the, we're going to have to go back really far back because it, it kind of comes full circle. So in high school, I wanted to be a surgeon, a plastic surgeon. Glamour. For, like a long time. Like mm. I, that's all I wanted. And then my dad died in year 10 and I pivoted hard and I went, I'm going to study fashion. So I stopped caring about my academics and I was on like an academic scholarship. I just stopped caring. Wow. I was going, um, I was doing fashion, um, uh, fashion business, garment construction and design tech after hours, like at Melbourne School of Fashion, outside of my normal schooling, and went down that path th- all through BCE, then went to London to study at Central St. Martin's. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. One of my favourite, like one of the best design schools in the world. Yeah, yeah how cool. Incredible. Um, I was there for nine months, hated it, hated London. Really? I hated everything about it. It was cold, people were mean, and I was like 18 in a new country where I had no one. Um, were, you, were you always Melbourne-based? Yeah, I was like always Melbourne-based. Yeah. yeah, so, and during that whole time of, like, wanting to be a designer, I was also, like, going out a lot, and I was kind of dabbling in DJing. Yeah. So I came back to Australia, um, did the White House Institute, and while I was doing that, I was DJing at the same time. It's, like, mm-hmm. two little things that went side by side. Mm-hmm. And then I started working as a stylist for um, a friend of mine. Um, I did that for a couple of years, but then left schooling because I was really in the industry. Like, I was already yep. doing stuff. Yeah, okay. um, But then DJing became really, really lucrative. So I was, like, travelling around Australia and then later on around the world, playing music festivals. I was supporting acts like um, Justin Bieber, Miley Cyrus, Eminem. Wow. So like, fucking cool. Name like, drops. I know. Yeah. But I was like... Because, pe- you know, when people say that you're... Oh, I used to be a DJ, people don't understand. Yeah. Like, sometimes they just think bedroom DJ. I'm like, Hi. no, no, bitch. I fucking toured yeah. nationally. Like, yep. I fucking played Future. I played Stereosonic. Like, I was a DJ DJ. Did you yep. have a name? It was Khan. It was just Khan. Yeah, right. yeah. But I fucking... <laughs> Creative. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Where'd you come up with it? <laughs> Beyonce, um, Madonna, Khan. <laughs> And Snooki, you've got Snooki. Oh, <laughs> God. I hate myself for that. <laughs> Fucking um, hell. Yes, I was a DJ, but I, I really didn't enjoy it. I I hated the expectation that I had to be drunk and party. And, and mm. I know that a lot of people see me as quite extroverted. But I'm like an introvert extrovert where if I'm actually not lit, I find things very awkward. Yeah, and okay. a lot of people see that as me being rude or mean mm. because I'm a very straight face but I'm just like I don't know how to deal with this situation <laughs> like I literally like uh, like all my friends now that even if they've done MasterChef or Survivor with me they're like when we go out and someone comes up to me and goes can I have a photo if I'm sober it is the most awkward interaction really? that you could ever have you're I'm like, like ah, fine like, hi how are you <laughs> oh thank you so much like I'm just like and I just don't know where to go with the conversation <laughs> Well, have a great night. Yeah. yeah. It's like, anyway, enjoy yourself. Yeah. yeah. We can take a photo. <laughs> I'm like, I get super awkward. So Fair I hated enough. DJing for that reason. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so one of my girlfriends knew that I was cooking a lot. 
um, that's where my happy space was. Mm-hmm. Um, on the weekends, I would go like looking for mushrooms or like catching <laughs> fish and things like that, and then like cooking those things that I would forage. Um, Farm to table. Uh, right, I love that. It's so it's gorgeous. So, good. Um, so she actually sent my audition. Uh, my application in to MasterChef for me, but it was incomplete because she didn't know all my information. Um, so I got an email being like, "Your yeah, application is incomplete. Do you want to finish this?" I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> oh, so you didn't even apply initially yourself? No, I didn't That's apply crazy. for MasterChef myself. Um, a friend of mine did it for me, but then I was like, "Yeah, why not?" Like, I hate my job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. ready for a change. Yeah, yeah. ready. Well, and in the back of my mind, I was like 25 or 24. I can't remember. And that's your age where you go, what the fuck am I about to do? Mm. Like, where am I going to go with the rest of my life? And I'm a DJ. There's definitely an expiry date on that. Mm -hmm. So I was freaking the fuck out. Especially the party life, like that life that you're already probably not loving. If you're already not Mm. loving, like that expectation by 25, it's like, well, fucking by 30, I'm not going to be wanting to do this. Exactly. I'm going to be in a grave. (laughs) Yeah, so I I sent through the uh, the audition, whatever it was. And then went through the whole process and was like, I'm not going to get very far. This is funny. Like, I don't, I, I'm a home cook. These, like, these, oh, the TV show's amazing. As they all are, though. Yeah. I mean, everyone's just ordinary people doing extraordinary I things, know. right? I remember, Ju- what's her name? Judy? Julie. Julie. Don't call her Judy. Her <laughs> name is Julie. <laughs> Julie Goodwin is a national icon. And treasure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I know, but, like, perfect example of just, like, woman from the kitchen, home cook. Yeah. yeah. Gone global. Oh, I love her. She was good. Um, yeah, so I did that first couple of rounds of MasterChef. I didn't do anything because I was like, I'm gay, I'm Asian, I'm a refugee. I am going to make it all the way. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, sold. <laughs> and then first couple of rounds, it was shit all. Uh, um, to the point that a producer actually came out to me and goes, if you don't do anything about this or next challenge, you're probably going to get eliminated. And I was like, Oh shit! So I can't really rely on being like <laughs> my story, the token, like no. the, the sad stop, soppy story. No, not coasting like, through. Got to like fucking turn it up. So that ch- literally that Arvo smashed out a challenge, won it, won an immunity pin against a professional chef the next day, and God. it just kept rolling and rolling. Where I was like getting more and more confident. Can I ask, when you say for the first few eps you didn't really do anything, what does that actually mean exactly? It means like, that okay, first cook, I cooked. They call it airline chicken because it's got the wings still attached. Oh. So it's like a chicken breast with the wings still attached and it's French. I yeah. did that with like a sweet um, puree and like I grilled some vegetables. It was like the most like, <laughs> okay. it was like Grilled food. cheese toasties from <laughs> me this week. I thought you were going to say airline quality food. And I was like, well, that's probably not ideal. <laughs> yeah, it was just very like yeah. wedding drop food. Meat so, and three veg. Yeah, it's the, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then they were like, you're not showing us you. Like you came in with like this heritage led dish that you were so passionate about and now you're giving us mm. like chicken or beef gym. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck okay and then at what point like when you need to turn it up how do, what do you what do you do there like what's the thought process to be like okay I need to elevate well I just was like I need to take a risk so the, the first dish that I won me challenge we were in Adelaide and it was all about seasonality about local produce so I looked around at every like all the mystery box and what ingredients were available this episode, it wasn't a mystery box. It was like mystery tractors. So there was like f- oh. ingredients on all these tractors. And I was like, okay, there's roux. So I'm like, we're talking about local roux. It makes the most sense. Yeah. And then I was like, what's well, going to go with roux? Something acidic, something sweet. So I looked for berries of some sort and I saw quandongs, which are native Australian. Um, they're quite sour. Um, and then I was like, okay, how do I 
do deal with that. Well, I need something else here. <laughs> yeah. And th- we went down the route of saltbush. Again, something that grows all along our coast. Um, super salty can be used as a seasoning. So instead of using salt, I would use the saltbush. That's um, cool. I did that with the kwandongs. And to make it kind of tie together, I I rehydrated these kwandongs in plum juice. Hey, plum juice? Yeah, plum juice. Just to make it not as sour. And then... um. That was basically the entire basis of my dish. Then I just pulled in a couple of other ingredients. Wow. Like um, beetroots made most sense with it because colour, mm. um, some mushrooms because I like something earthy. So in my mind, it was it became an algorithm now. It's literally art. Like it's like yeah, painting. It? It's like, okay, well, I'm doing these strokes with this colour and this yeah. and that. It's like, fuck. No. Well, food, if you think about food in that sense, you're always going to cook well. So mm. it's about balancing. It's about textures. It's about like interest so that's what i was trying to do i was like okay stop being a fucking boring person like let's have some fun here and i went up and i was like i'm gonna get eliminated <laughs> like, what the fuck? and they're like um so your roux really really rare and i was like yes because it's a game made and it will get really tough and they're mm-hmm. like correct answer you're the winner today and i was like oh, <laughs> oh my God. i've heard that the tastings on master chef is not when they actually taste the food is y- that yeah um Half of it is, half of it isn't. So they actually pretty much have an idea of what they want because they'll walk around and taste things while you're making it. Uh-huh. So in their mind, like you, you know straight away if you're tasting people's food if something's going to be interesting or not. Mm-hmm. So they go, okay, that might be interesting. We're going to go keep an eye on that dish. Yeah. So they'll just keep coming back to it and then they, it might be like, oh no, it wasn't as interesting as we thought. So they do end up tasting every dish, but throughout the cook, you already know what's possibly yeah. going to do well. Yeah. And you can, uh, like well, looking around, I can pretty much tell when a contestant's dish is going to be good yeah, and when yeah, it's going to yeah. be like, yeah. you're doing it to stay in the competition. I guess it's like a menu. Win. Looking at the menu, yeah. something catches your eye, something's like glance over Checking that. for balance and textures. Yeah. yeah. Going to gl- pass on the meat pie. Yeah. So <laughs> that, was, that was the first big win. And then the second win was like, was what really set me up because everyone's like, oh, that was a fluke. Uh-huh. Yeah, like all the other contestants are like, no, nah, I can't fluke that. Next one was like, God, I cooked how against. Rude. No, but because I wasn't doing anything, like it makes sense. Like, yeah. so we were at, uh, we were cooking against a professional chef, and I had to choose the key ingredient, and I had a choice of peanut butter or Vegemite. Mm. And looking at the chef, I'm like, like this is me judging someone on appearance and heritage, but I'm like, he's Korean. I'm like, what will he not know how to use? Vegemite. Vegemite. Mm. I don't know how to use Vegemite, but he won't either, which yeah. means it'll give us an even playing field. Smart. Like, yeah. So I was like, fuck the peanut butter. Like That get, that gets used in a lot of Asian That's cooking. Sate. Yeah, That's satay. Like, yeah, there's, there's yeah. so many things that can be done there. So like, fuck that off. Did Vegemite. I came up with like f- using Vegemite like fish sauce because it's funky. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, mm. I seasoned a broth with it and put it into my dumplings. So I made like chicken dumplings with like smoked chicken, like beef mushrooms and peas to add sweetness. And he came up with like a prawn um, risotto with Vegemite, which kind of makes sense-ish. And he came <laughs> over and fully psyched the fuck out of me. Like he was like, I know that Australia is going to want you to win because you're the underdog, but I think I have this in the bag. And I was like, oh my God. God. Like, God. How rude. So they're fully playing the game back. It's not just like... Well, no, no, they're no, not, they're no. For the producers, like, they're in it. None of the other chefs have ever done that. They're <laughs> really, really nice as the contestants. And he just comes over and Fuck. just rips me one. And I'm like... I left Fuck. being like, oh, my God, I'm going to get the lowest score in MasterChef. <laughs> like, I actually... And the then, first zero. No, honestly, though, because then when we were re- they were reading out these results, he was getting sixes and sevens. And I was like, if he's confident that he's won this... And he's getting sixes and sevens. 
then I'm going to get fucking fours and fives. Yeah. Like, you 100% would suck. Like, I'd be doing all the quick math. Yeah. Like, and then at that point, they were reading my scores out and my first score was a nine. And I was like, what the fuck? And my second score was a nine. And that meant that I had oh one God. already. Wow. And I was just like, and so I started screaming. And then I was like, wait, <laughs> I'm at someone's restaurant. They just lost. Stop screaming. Yeah. <laughs> so I just pulled it down a little bit and went, oh. oh. But what a great moment to just turn around and be like, well... There you go, fuck you. You <laughs> were so mean. <laughs> learn, how, learn how to use Vegemite dog. This wouldn't have happened. Fuck, I know. So yeah, that's kind of how everything popped yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then from there, what was the MasterChef, like what sort of happened on the end of that season and then how did that kind of blow up to your so, next step? So I made the finals of that loss because... <laughs> I lost. <laughs> I mean, I knew that. I should have just set you up. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I, 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 really, I really enjoy it because, like, I feel like people need to know about, like, losing doesn't matter. So after that, I bought into my restaurant, which was, like, the George John Collins. Plug there to the George John Collins again. Please come. Friday and Saturdays, if you come to the nightclub. Um, <laughs> so fun there. <laughs> it's so fun. Uh, I bought into that, and I thought that was, like, the last thing I wanted to do coming off MasterChef. I wanted to be in food, mm-hmm. but I didn't see myself in a restaurant. I saw myself in, like, food media or writing, things mm-hmm. like that. Like, things that I thought that were super fun. I love my restaurant. Like, I, I, was, I was there last night. I worked there last night. I'm going back in tonight at 5. So... Oh, this doesn't, it's not, not live, so you can't do this. I usually do this when it's live, and I'm like, uh, come in and you'll see me tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's so. okay, though, because you seem to be in there every now and again, so they yeah. might see you at some point. I'm, I'm there a lot, especially weekends. So if I'm in, if I'm in Melbourne, I'm at my restaurant on the yeah. weekends. Yeah. If I'm not, then I'm not. But yeah. How did um, you come across that venture? Like, was that something you always wanted to do? No, so my, um, my business partner, Greg, who I love to pieces, he's, um, he pretty much headhunted me for a while. Um, and I said no for about two and a half months. Mm, playing um, hard to get. Well, I was just like, I don't know if I want to do this. And yeah. then it just became like, all right, let's do it. And then we, it's been four years now. Wow. Um, I love our partnership. Like, he's the best. He lets me fuck off and do whatever I want as long as I come back. Um, <laughs> Please come back. <laughs> yeah. I'm just hung over cooking again. Sorry, yeah. you're going to have to hold down the fort. Well, so like... Four years, I've been then again on MasterChef for six months. So mm-hmm. that's six months of that year gone. Then COVID happened. So I'm not in a restaurant for like, what, a whole entire year. Then I decided that I'm going to go and fuck off to Survivor for three months. Mm. So I've been not in the restaurant more than I've been in the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> true. The true. cushiest job ever, really. Yeah. Um, speaking of Survivor. Yes. Let's go there because I've got the probably the biggest Survivor fan in, to ever exist sitting right next to me. I love it. I love it. I'm obsessed with that show. I think I've talked about it on almost every episode <laughs> that we've made. Yeah. yeah. Um, how did that happen? It wasn't on the Straight Boys episode. Oh, oh is that the episode you were listening to? <laughs> yeah, because I was like looking there, I was like, what's going to like lift my spirits and be like real? I was like, oh, Straight Boys is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It comes up a lot when the season's on. Right. So obviously it was, we were between seasons when we were talking about Straight Boys. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think last week's episode, I gave it a bit of a mention. It's every time we do a catch up call because we talk about what we do in our personal lives and Mitch's like, oh, I've just been binge watching Survivor and wanking. <laughs> I'm like, fucking hell. Wait, at the same time? Yes. I mean, there's so many hot men on every season of Survivor, right? So that's why he likes Survivor is because he watches No, it's part of it. <laughs> anyway, so go back. I can't comment on that. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, how did that happen? It seems like a strange move for you to just end up 
in the outback. Okay, so uh, after I did uh, MasterChef first season, I got called back to do Back to Win, which is the All Star season. Um, lost that as well because Poe was there and she, she scares me. She's amazing, <laughs> which is scary. I love her. Um, I so, love that she's just a, like kind of chaos, but then yeah. everything just comes together yeah. somehow at the end. So I'm a fan, obviously. So um, I went into Channel 10 and we were talking about my next steps because I had a cooking show after um, my first season of MasterChef as well. And they're like, oh, come back. Let's let's do a cooking show again. And I was like, no. And they're like, oh, so you said no to Amos Web. And I was like, yeah. Um, so we Didn't want to go into the jungle. No, we were talking about like what show I wanted to do. And everything they were giving me, I was like, I'm not interested. And they're like, why? And I'm like, <laughs> because I really want to go on Survivor and I don't know how to make this happen. And I'm scared that like, if I do another show, I will never go on Survivor. And they're like, ah, oh, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've been a fan for so long, but I, I like, it was a bucket list thing for me. So they're like, oh, well, we don't actually do the casting because it's like Ender Mulder does it, mm. but we can put you in contact with the casting director. And so I went through the whole audition process but at least I knew I had a contact there yeah. rather than it being like, please, a producer, look at my application. Because yeah. if you're getting thousands of applications, there's surely some that don't get looked at. Mm. So I'm like, oh. and they're like, just let's skip the part when you get glanced over. Let's mm. get you into the actual audition audition. And so what does that process look like? Um, a lot of chats because it was COVID. Yeah. And it was yeah. like, um, why do you want to do it? Like, can you... I don't know, can you backstab someone? I was like, I'm going to say yes, because that's like what you want me to say. But like when it comes down to it, I don't know, because I'm yeah. also like kind of a pussy. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's literally a job interview. Like, yeah. So but I was very, very truthful, but I was still like, I know what you want. So it's like, I get the TV side. Like, like <laughs> yeah. I'm letting you know I get the TV side. So like, if you want something, I know what it is. I yeah, just yeah, might yeah. not give it to you. <laughs> like, um, and then I didn't hear from them for ages. And then my sister, uh, and then I got called again. And they're like, bring someone on with you. We're really interested. And I was like, great. No one's going to go on with me. Just <laughs> like, who the fuck do I bring on Survivor? Like, yeah. I don't have a partner that's like super into this. Like, my sister's really quite timid usually. Uh, Mum would be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I had no one. And then I called my sister. I'm like, I know you're going to say no, but please don't say no just yet. I'm like, Amy, you know how much I love Survivor and I've been wanting to go on it for the last two years. She's like, yes. I'm like, well an opportunity has come and they want you to come with me. And she was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, great. Fuck. So I actually then called my manager and I was like, Amy just said no to Survivor. And so she was like, you want me to talk to her? I'm like, yes, I do. And then so she went down the, Amy, what do you want to do in life? Like, what, what are the things that interest <laughs> oh, you? Oh, here we go. And it was just a very much like a... Manipulation, we yeah. call that. Yeah. yeah, and then Amy was like, no, okay, I'll give it a go. Because I think she was more scared of being on TV than anything else. Mm -hmm. um, and she fucking frothed Survivor. Like, she had so much fun. And she's like, I want to do it again. I'm training <laughs> for it. And so she's like, literally, like, at the gym every day, being like, maybe in five years' time, they'll ask me to come back and I need to be ready. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> that's iconic. That's so good. Is she your only sibling? Yeah, she's my only sibling. She's like mm -hmm. the best. She's. I think she just flew to Vietnam. Um, she's doing a jewelry label right now, so she's going over there to like talk to the manufacturers or something like that. Exciting, oh, yeah. little family of entrepreneurs. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing her pieces now. They're really cute. They're actually beautiful. I was yeah, literally gorgeous. staring at them when you walked in. That one with the little the diamond, the diamond heaven. Yeah, the diamond. Um, Amy got me for Survivor because um, it was going to bring me luck for something. I went and saw a psychic, and they're like, "You need more diamonds on you." And oh. Amy's like, "I'll buy you one for Survivor." God, what a Beautiful psyche. I wish someone would tell me that. <laughs> you just Fuck need to wear that. more diamonds and everything will be fine. Girl's best friend. All right, so we're on Survivor. 
talk us through like I guess a bit of BTS because obviously we watch it as like this fucking fucked rugged thing like is it really like that when you're on the show give us the tea alright I fucking like day one when like all the cameras were gone I was like okay do we get sleeping bags (laughs) (laughs) yeah they were like no and I was like we actually don't get sleeping bags. Like, <laughs> no. And I was like, so I'm sleeping on the sand, the cold, hard sand. Fuck. Like, yeah, all right. And um, so that that was like eye-opening because I really thought that we, we were going to get sleeping bags. Yeah. Bag. Like, I was like, was this in my, not in my contract? <laughs> like, what? Um, the cameras are gone. Where's Just my get, manager? get them out. No, it was actually really fucked. Like, it, it was, the challenges <laughs> were really hard. Living was really hard. Um, Day three on one of the challenges, I had to, like, climb up the net. And I did it twice. And the second time I did it, two people were pulling me out down as I was pulling up. So I actually tore my shoulder. Oh, um, God. And they wanted me to go see a medic. And I know exactly what that means. So I was mm. like, I'm not seeing a medic. Mm. And so the whole through the whole rest of the game, I didn't see a doctor about it because I'm, I'm not doing it. Then got a CT when I came out and got <laughs> surgery. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Fuck. Was it painful? Yeah, it was, but I was like... There's other things I'm to focus sore, on. And like, it's like, you're not always climbing. So it's like, <laughs> I'm like, my hands aren't always over my head. So I was just like, once in a while, I'm like, oh, that hurt. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. So, but it was worth it because I just didn't want to get it back, like taken out. Like I didn't want yeah, to yeah, like yeah. leave because of that. Um, I didn't want to like, she's hurt her knee. She's out of the drag race. Yeah, season. exactly. Don't, I didn't yeah. want that. And I didn't want it to come back again and do it again. Like, yeah, I was like yeah. You're no, already here. I want to do this. So I was yeah. like, fuck it. If no one knows about this then I can't get in trouble. Yeah, mm. smart. Love that. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss, baby. And so what was the actual hardest part of the experience? Uh, paranoia, I reckon, would be the hardest part, but I also, like, I'm really trusting, so I didn't experience it as much as everyone else. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of people that were like, oh, my God, everyone's coming for me. Yeah. Um, for me, I found... So, like, the psych part. Yeah, but, look, I didn't find Survivor that difficult... Only because I love an adventure. So okay. I throw myself into everything. So mm-hmm. if I'm on MasterChef, I'm throwing myself fucking in. Mm-hmm. If I was on Survivor, I threw myself in. So I was like, all right, I'm sleeping on the ground. I'll deal with it. <laughs> my, oh my God. Okay, what I really hated was my wet feet. Like, I don't understand. We're in 45 degree weather. Why were my feet always wet? Like, it was like constant wet feet. And I was like, this is like hell. Yeah. This is so gross. Um, that was the thing that I hated the most and that was the only thing that I really spoke about to production because they were like, tell us about the eating and the like living. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I was like, my fucking feet are still wet. Yeah, no, because I was like, you know, like it's really hot but I'm acclimatising really yeah, well yeah, yeah. and I'm dealing with like the food because it's like a challenge for me and they're like, okay, stop making everything so positive. Like, what do you actually hate? I'm like, I'm enjoying this. Like, this <laughs> is like, kind of fun. It's like, like a treat. Bitch, well, complain about something. Yeah, and then I was like, okay, my feet are fucking wet and I hated, <laughs> I hated that. Um, that was the hardest thing for me because every day I was like excited because I'm like, what's the new challenge going to be? What are we going to do? Like, how's mm. this going to work out? Was there expectation for you to be the, the chef? Uh, people were cooking at the beginning and then about three, four days in, they were like, you want to do this, don't you? I was like, yeah, I really want to do this. And they're like, we're going to leave that to you then. Yeah, so, play to your strengths. You're a team. At I the feel end of like the day. you were kind of creating the most creative beans and rice variations that Survivor's ever seen. Perfectly garnished. <laughs> Somehow. Oh, babe, I was like, I was like, I got bored by the day four of eating the beans and rice. So I was like, how do I make texture here? So I was like, Chris, like I was using leftover rice and recooking it again so that it would crisp up. And then um, then I realised that if I overcooked rice, like, and it became really stodgy, um, it releases um, its starch, which means uh, that I can yeah. spread it along the bottom of the pot 
when I, so when I cook it, the starch sticks together. So instead of just having little crunchy bits, you would have kind of like taco shells. Yeah, so right. that's how I make like little taco shells, and then we would put the beans on it. And it was oh, just so what a great, great season to be on with Khan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I honestly think that moving forward, if people get beans and rice, people will start making tacos because it's a very easy process. Someone <laughs> just had to do it first. Yeah, you could just etch the recipe on a tree for the next <laughs> crew that's coming. <laughs> on the back of this is the ratios. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned that um, being very trusting was kind of your nature out there. Also kind of your undoing though, wasn't it? Yeah, but like, I don't know, people, I, I, I get a lot of people that come up to me like, oh, it's so sad how you left. And I was like, is it? Like, I was like, <laughs> I'm a fan, okay? So when you're a fan of Survivor, what are the things that you want to achieve? You want to win a challenge at some stage. Mm-hmm. You want to find an idol at some stage. You want to do a blindside at some stage. You want to make swap. You want to make merge. Mm. Yeah. And you also want to make a jury. Those are like your main points that you want to... If if you're a fan of Survivor, those are the things you want to do. And then I won 60K on top of that. Yeah, I can't (laughs) believe that. Yeah, it was like, okay, I got kicked out. People played the game better for me. But the only thing that I didn't achieve was winning. Mm. And I'm like, I'm okay with that. That's so fine. Yeah, I'm actually okay with that. I feel like, for me, if I was on Survivor, I would want to go out exactly when you did and be the first person on the jury and just enjoy the resort for the next few weeks. Yep, and the outfits. Yeah. I was like... I was like... I I planned that the whole time. I was like, Amy, pack fucking glam shit. And she was like, (laughs) why? And I was like, just trust me, pack glam shit, because I'm packing glam shit. (laughs) If we make the jury, we're coming out every day fucking super glammed up. I could not believe... The looks that you were turning. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, jaw on the floor, like, what is going to come out next? She's fucking definitely not on the... She's in Noosa now. She's (laughs) left behind. Fucking hell. Um, Speaking of these looks, mm. I know you just touched on earlier that you went to fashion school. Yeah. I guess now part of your social and online identity is very much based around these great amazing like fashion looks so do you put them all together yourself or um do you have like because obviously you worked as a stylist like yeah. how does that work it's kind of half and half because i do like always have final say and i dress myself i choose everything I, I have a massive thing with online shopping where every night after the games is how I fall asleep how I actually fall asleep fall scrolling asleep. yeah no, I don't I, I add things to car and I usually fall asleep just before I press mm. buy and in the morning if I still like it I'll buy it that's smart genius yeah that's so a time smart. test yeah I fall asleep and I'm like was that just a, like a uh, like a nighttime <laughs> a thing a fever dream, dream yeah <laughs> yeah so um, I but I do I've been working with um Maggie Smith right now who is incredible um, she's been doing a couple of my looks just because um, most of my clothes are made by Afia Katz, like one of my favorite designers. She does like when mm. I have events, we Iconic. have to plan. We have to yeah. plan a lot. But these days, events happen so much faster where it's like, oh, I'm going here in two weeks, and Effie always needs like a four to five because they were made to yeah, they're made to meet them like yeah. they're made to measure. Mm-hmm. Um, so Maggie's been pulling looks for me, and I just come in and she'll be like, "There's forty things here, and I'll try on like maybe eight. Yeah. By that time, I'll probably have chosen one or two that I really like, and I'm like, we'll leave the, the other ones for next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I've been um I've been working with her quite a bit, and I've been wearing a lot of um Canelio. Yeah. Love him. Obsessed. Yeah. It's so weird that both Effie and Con, I've actually emailed both of them for my outfit for my 30th because I think I'm going to get something made because I'm like, I can't find fucking anything I like. Well, how far away is... Um, it's in July. So July. I've got a bit of time. You've, you've definitely got time with Effie because um, her turnaround time is about 
four to five weeks. Yeah, I was like, give me like the heaven suit. Like, yeah. Made like, to order though, Dal, the way your weight fluctuates. Is, I know. Oh, we'll be, it's a challenge. I, they can do it for brides, Dal. They can do it for me. <laughs> oh, on Survivor, I had lost eight and a half kilos. So all my clothes didn't fit me. So I would turn up and I was literally like rubber banding the back of my like outfits. <laughs> yeah, the bulldog clip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the RuPaul trick. Oh my God. And then like, as I was there for longer, my clothes starting started to fit oh, again. Wow. And I was like, I'm gaining the weight back. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, what's you know, when the weight's being put back on at the resort or... At the Cause buffet. Because pe- <laughs> people don't really see that part of your time on oh, the show. Yeah. What's that like? Um, so I, because I was the first member, they called me the, the Villa Mayor. Yeah. <laughs> so I, and so like everyone gets jobs when okay. they're there. So right. like you're all like picking up after, like you're working as in a house, like it's like a share house. Mm-hmm. Um, but I made a point out of being like, I want to do all the shopping and I want to do all the cooking. Fair. Yeah. And like, they were like totally fine with that. They're like, no one expected you because there was no chef like role. Mm-hmm. It was just like, everyone kind of pitches in and cooks. I'm like, no, no, I want to do all the cooking. Yeah. And I also want to do, I'll make sure that the pantry is always stocked with mm-hmm. all the things that everyone needs. So those were my two things. So my whole, every single day I would cook three meals for the house. Wow. heaven. I loved it. That's like literally your heaven. Yeah, I literally was <laughs> loving it. I was like, the night before, I'm like, what do you want for breakfast? Like, do you want eggs? Do you want like pancakes? Like, what type of eggs do you want? Are you talking like something that's like really simple? Do you want a hollandaise sauce on it? Yeah. Or do you want like... God. So my, my, my favourite thing, and I fell in love with it while I was there, is dippy eggs. I oh, love, like dippy eggs oh, and like, soldiers. Yeah, like... but not soldiers. So you do dippy eggs and you can have your soldiers on the side if you want that. But um, <laughs> I would blanch asparagus, um, green beans and broccolini just mm. quickly and use that to dip and they all kind of Ooh. like hold onto the eggs and it's so gorgeous Yum. especially the broccolini because it's got like little florets so that yeah. grabs onto the all what the a eggs. nice um carb friendly version yeah it's maybe delicious I need to have a bit of that in the lead up to the like, fuck that's what i want a carb free soldier i was like uh, yeah but it's so good Yum. yeah and like no one like when i've been posting it on my instagram and i was like what the fuck are you just eating like fucking soft boiled eggs <laughs> and, like greens like, lost it <laughs> <laughs> finally cracked um, so are then you just waiting for someone else to be kicked off and you're like, great, we finally got someone to clean the bathroom. Get yeah. socks three out. But, <laughs> we, <laughs> but we also get, like, they take us on adventures. Oh, fine. So we were going to, like, Magnetic Island. We were going to, I got to hold a koala at one of, oh the, my like, God. At oh, one cool. of the sanctuaries. And I was like, it wasn't even my episode. So we all get our own, like, villa episode. Right. And that goes on 10 play and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, it was someone else's one for the park. And the whole, t- the whole episode is me crying about a koala. <laughs> and the koala's name was Paris. And I was like, oh, oh, my, oh my God. God. And Evan. there was Tiffany. And I was like, That's <laughs> so good. <laughs> There's a gay person definitely works at that sanctuary. <laughs> oh, literally no, naming no, these 100%. Paris and was Tiff. like this old man hitting on me. Yeah, okay, and like good. the other contestants were like, he wants to. I'm like, I Bitch, no mind. one names a koala fucking Paris if they're not paying <laughs> Um, Last survivor question before we move on. In terms of the other contestants, it looks like you've been hanging out with a few of them post-show. Mm. Who did we love? And if there was anyone, who did you not maybe love so much? Um, I Look, it's really weird because this whole season, all the cast really got along. Mm-hmm. Um, and they thought it was weird there as well mm-hmm. because we were doing really stupid things like sharing every single piece of information with each other. And like, <laughs> why is no one, why are there no two, like usually there's two sides. There's yeah. like, like a majority and minority. But up to the stage that I was, we were all sharing every single piece of information. There was one day when we were told that we needed to keep 
keep some secrets and like do some stuff. So we all decided to sit around in a circle and I pulled out my idol and we all played with my immunity idol. <laughs> and they were like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Someone in casting's just been fired. <laughs> yes, it was actually the funniest because I was just like, so they just wanted us to like turn it up and we did that. And then we started like singing show tunes oh, for like gorgeous. the next like six hours. And they're like, you know, we can't use co- like any of this footage because of copyrighted music. Oh and we're God. just there like, <laughs> I, like, we're doing like Aladdin and Jasmine and I'm the magic carpet. Like there's two people on top of oh me. God, like it's oh, so beautiful. fun. What um, a shame. I'd love to see that B-roll. Yeah. yeah. Um, I Look, my two favourite people, obviously, besides my sister, mm. um, Sam, I go along with really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I speak to Sam pretty much every single day. She's now managed by my manager because I was like, I need you to make money. And my manager is incredible at making money. Yeah. So I was like, you need, <laughs> to, come, you need to come over here. I love Sam and I love Chrissy. Chrissy. Oh, um, my God. We text constantly. She's also, I think there's might be a correlation with people like that I love and children. Because yeah, I think. I, she's got really cute children as well. And I love Kate. And she's got really nice children. Like, I just... I'm so clucky. Mm. You heard it here first, folks. She's clucky. Get I've in. been clucky for, like, fucking three years. <laughs> like, like, to the point that, like, three years ago, at the beginning of COVID, I was looking up, like, adoption agencies. And, like, yeah, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was, like, got... And then it was, like, you can't adopt right now because the world is shut down. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have a great episode on surrogacy, if you'd yeah, like to go back and listen do. to yeah, that. Yeah, 100%. Go back, doll. Okay. There's a lot to talk about. Like, my fucking life is fucked. No, it's, it's great. It's great. <laughs> it's so good. Before we continue with this episode, we want to take a quick second to talk to you about this week's sponsor, which is Waverly LED and Facials. That's right. That's right. You may have heard us or already seen us visiting this gorgeous little clinic for some pamper time because <laughs> god knows we need it absolutely two busy girls looking weary <laughs> on occasion Bu- that's right busy busy queer girls so waverly led and facials is actually run and owned by a lgbtqia plus member of the community mm. uh, which is huge for the for the crew <laughs> and why we love them and why we love them that's right so they are a very inclusive of gender and age and sexual orientation so we really have lent into these guys and love going there for all our beauty treatments. Absolutely. So we went and got a gorgeous LED facial. They also offer oxygen facials, hydro jelly masks, which we can say firsthand are kind of iconic. That jelly on my face, <sighs> can't get it. Like, can't get over it. I just love a big sticky load being dropped on my face every now and again. You know, <laughs> cold sticky load. <laughs> Besides that, obviously, traditional facials, freshen ups, pamper seshes, the list goes on. So the LED therapy is perfect if you've got that super sensitive skin because you can tone down or turn up the strength, which we love because obviously everyone's skin's different. Mm. No two pots and lids are the same as we know in our community. (laughs) Stop trying to stick a square peg into a round hole. That's right. So it's pain-free, non-invasive, perfect for every single skin type. So if you are in the market for a facial or if you're not, Head there anyway. Um, so pivoting away from television now, mm. let's talk about the socials because you are probably one of the most active people on social media that I follow. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good or a bad It's thing. a great thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, means you work hard, girl. Yeah, it's self-branding. Like it's, I mean, and we all understand the importance of that. Yeah. Is that something that you gravitate towards naturally or 
something you just know that you need to do? Um, the, the, the food thing's really easy. The food thing's really quite um, something that I enjoy. I made a conscious decision to pretty much record every meal I make now. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It used to be like I would have content days where I would just like think of dishes and cook that. But now it's like I wake up, I have five ingredients. What am I going to make? Oh, let's make this. This, this will probably do well. Yeah. Like, uh, it's just anything that we eat at home. Um, that's the majority of the content. And then we have, um, I, I started seeing about two years ago, there was a dip in what people liked. And because um, my content became very like, I'm going to the gym and I'm like, I've been having a coffee. And look at this cute dog at the tan, but don't look at the dog, look at the guy that's holding the fucking dog. <laughs> um, and that was the content. So I started then adding things in to kind of shake it up. So Mondays became my confession days where I would ask like, a really personal question, and yeah, so, and which just, I love. Yeah, yeah. Monday's my favorite day. Just because yeah, of yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun because like so many people tell me really like really dark things, and I'm dark. like, how do you know that I can see you? <laughs> like, I can I can see where this is coming from. Like, what the fuck? Like, they'll be like, I've been sleeping with my cousin. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, why I would you tell me? I can see your face and your handle. Yeah. Like, are there Are there any others just off the top of your head that stick out as like, what the fuck? Um, there's a lot of like, it's a lot of incest. Really? A lot. <laughs> or well, a lot of, I'm sleeping with my boss. Oh, okay. Not as bad. Yeah. <laughs> so sex confessions. Yeah, a lot of them. But I've been like dying to, like I'm trying to like dial that down because I'm like, okay, not every single fucking Monday is about like who's <laughs> fucking their boss right now. Sexy Mondays. <laughs> Although Welcome I back. probably, my, I think my Monday, next month, this Monday is going to be, it's been a long weekend. Tell me about like your fucking uh, like off, uh, office gossip. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, nice. That's a vibe. People like talking about workplace drama. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that too. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. my Fridays, I haven't done it for a while because we've been busy. Um, Friday became a Would You Rather Day, where uh-huh. I just sit there asking people like stupid fucking Would You Rather questions, mm. but they're not like anything. They're like, Would you rather be a, a potato or a pea? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hard hitting stuff. Quick start. go. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, which one would you? Prefer? I would probably ugh, potato, hundred percent. I'm wog background. Like, I need that in my life okay so you would rather be a potato yeah and I'm so much more versatile think of all the things you can mm. do with me yeah okay I think I'd rather be a pea is that because they're long and slender <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're really plain it's a bit, bit more colour you know <laughs> nice and fresh in the mouth <laughs> a little burst of sweetness what would yeah. you pick uh, potato fuck how can you not like go past a potato potato is like the one staple food for every yeah, what, so you just want to be eaten and mash and me, boiled and mashed in a lot of different ways? Yeah, yeah. I want to be eaten. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> so another big part, I guess, of what you do and what your social is, is like advocating for the gays. The gays. Mm. Well, um, I made a conscious decision when I went back on MasterChef the second time uh, that I was going to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't allowed to wear anything branded. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just leave a little message for everyone that's not branded. It was you are loved, um, which I loved, by the way. Every time I saw that <laughs> on MasterChef, it was like a really beautiful thing but to you know, see. And you know how much it killed me because I wasn't allowed to wear like because I made that choice that I was wearing a fucking t-shirt with a brand <laughs> like with a you are loved on it. I couldn't turn looks. Um, <laughs> surely though, when you've got your hair tied back, like <laughs> sleeves rolled up, your arms in the fryer, no, I would like, feel the same. I'd feel a bit restricted, like on oh, that top again. Yeah, so I had them in like fucking 20 colours, yeah. but like still I was like, mm, I would really like to wear a jumpsuit today and I cannot. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I did that and then people started to really notice it. Mm. Um, so about three, four episodes into the second season, everyone was like, where's that top from? And I was like, 
Oh shit, I put it in my face. So I got got on it really fast. And like a week after, I had like a thousand of these tops like come into um, my house basically. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, what am I doing? And I was like, oh fuck, where do I send? Like, wh- what do I do with the money? Yeah. And so I called Minus18. Um, I emailed them straight away because I'm like, I used to go to their events when I was younger and it just made total sense to me. And then like yeah. I looked at their website and their slogan, well, one of their things is, you are loved. And I was like, if this is not the universe telling me that it's like the correct thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ended up raising money for them. I think um we we bowed out. It's about to come back actually. I'm about to do another drop of it. But I think the last place I bowed out was a year a year and a bit ago because I got like it got hectic. So yeah. I took mm-hmm. a step back. Um, it was just over fifty k that I raised Amazing. for minus eighteen. Yeah, and I've been cool. doing other stuff with them um, a lot lately, just because that's really important to me. Like the mm. support of the younger generation in the LGBTQIA plus community. Like. I feel like without that support that I had when I was younger, I would not be the same. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I've, I've experienced it firsthand. Yeah. Um, so they do incredible work. Oh, legends. Yeah, we've had um, Adrian in here from there before. Oh, Adrian. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's so the low. best. Yes, yeah. yes he's so done an app. We love them. And I think you're right. Like, I think for us too, even when we started this, like, this is literally a backyard hobby. And then all of a sudden, once we started seeing that kind of, like, traction within the community of like that little bit of influence that you could have on like that younger yep. person it was like fuck like that feels really good you know mm-hmm. and then you like want to give back and i feel like if anything like we we're not experts in everything we do but like this is something that we can mm. talk to that's like yeah. i get it bitch like i know exactly what that person feels like and what they need and we get um yeah we get so many messages being like oh you're you're the reason we came out or like yeah, you know it's, the, it's like it warms your heart it's because like obviously when we were younger we like i didn't see it like on my screens on the fucking magazines there no. Was no like if it was if it was a gay man it would be the caricature of a gay man it was, yeah. yeah like we're all so diverse mm-hmm. um there's so many like different factions inside our community that mm. like they all deserve to be shown and then like it, then it kind of shows the younger gen that like you can be anything, mm. like absolutely anything, mm-hmm. and there's a space for you. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we've spoken about that before too. In that whole like, it was always that stereotypical gay best friend, or like mm. it was always just like that's all we were. That's yep. all. The little miss thing, yes, queen, the house down. You look gorgeous. Yeah, like yeah, now, go find like, your prince, and I'll just wait at home. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that, straight white woman. We'll be at home. Like, I'll be here cheering you on from the sidelines in a great look. Um, I don't think I'm anyone's <laughs> gay best friend. I love that. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't think... You. I, I, I really can't think of one girl and be like, oh, I can't my gay best friend. No. Good for you. Break the mold. Maybe I just don't have friends. <laughs> 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 well, look, on that, as I know you sort of just touched on there, like when you were younger, another question that we always ask our guests is like, you know, in brackets, growing up gay in a straight man's world mm. is something that we've all been through and it looks different for everyone. What was that like for you with coming out and that whole journey? So I came out... Um, my first time I came out, I was actually like 12. It was in year six. And then wow. I went to oh, an all-boys school after that. Wow. And then I went back in. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then wow. I didn't come back out again until... So I, so I jumped around a bit. I was uh, at Halebury, and then I did an entrance exam to Melbourne High, got into Melbourne High, went there for nine months. I fucking hated it. Um, not because of the school's fault, but because of me. Like, I, I didn't... It was very academic, and that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I could do the math, English, and all that stuff that could get you into a school, but like... That never interest interest me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I I went back to Halebury, and then when I came back to Halebury, I did come out, come out. But it was different because you, I think when you're growing up in a straight man's world, as you um, guys put it, um, 
there's like your authentic self, your authentic gay self, but then there's also like the gay side that you put out that you think is appropriate for people that aren't like you. The tailored mm-hmm. yeah. version, yeah. Yeah, so like obviously you do that where it's like there are moments that you'll turn it up a tiny bit because you know that it'll get you out of a situation. Yeah. Or like, like you turn it down, down. so that you mm. don't like draw too much attention. Offend anyone. Or, yeah. yeah. That was pretty much my life for a really long time until first season MasterChef about halfway through where I stopped trying to show that like what I thought was professional where I was just like more laid back and like I was like you know what my voice changed my mannerisms changed I really felt comfortable and then every single time I went to the judges I got more and more comfortable being myself Mm. and then once I went on the second time I became even more comfortable because the first time people were celebrating me yeah so the second time there was one day where I brought in like a cake in like a fucking cloche, a glass cloche, <laughs> and there was like fucking rose petals scattered <laughs> all over it, and I was dancing to Beauty and the Beast, like because it was the challenge was Beauty and the Beast, yeah, 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 and I was like singing, coming in and doing twirls and shit, yeah, yeah, and they're like, yeah. we're gonna need you to do it again, that again because copyright, so you can't yeah. sing the song, and I was like, okay, I'll just dance in, <laughs> and they're like, why did you choose Be- Beauty and the Beast, and I'm like, well, Beauty and the Beast is, you know. It's pretty much a gay man's fairy tale. It's like you're this prince, like you're not even a princess. You're like some raggedy old bitch in a corner <laughs> who likes to read. <laughs> yeah, who fucking likes to read. And you're like, you come and like, there's this giant man in a castle that like is in love with you, and you're talking to the clothes, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then like that this giant fucking beast of a guy starts dancing with you, and Ariana Grande singing, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you joking? Yeah, I'm like, oh, have I not seen this before? <laughs> yeah, I'm literally like. He's a beast. He's like, a beast. come on. And like, the only thing that lets me down is by the end when he turns into a prince. I'm like, no, stay, stay the beast. Like, <laughs> oh, you just want him covered in hair. Yeah. <laughs> I want him to throw me through a wall. <laughs> I want you to think that I could die, but I'm not. I'm not in actually in any yeah. like, trouble, but I could no. die. Yeah. Just choke me in my yellow dress, please. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ariana, like... keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Okay. So yes, I, d- I did find it very comfortable to be myself after my second time of being a master chef, and even now I feel like every time I fucking go on TV, I get more and more comfortable mm-hmm. with myself. Um, like coming off Survivor, I started painting my nails. I wear like I take care of my skin. I wear more makeup. Like there's not many nights that I'll go to my restaurant where I don't have an eye on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's just something that I just do now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is. Did you think that was like maybe getting all of the support from like? you know, made you feel you, more comfortable to do that I, over the time? Or? Look, I don't think so because everything has been really supportive. Like, everyone's always been supportive of me. I've been very lucky in that sense. That's great. What it is is I consume a lot of um, alcohol content. <laughs> <laughs> content on social media. And we know we know that TikTok is the younger gen's, like, platform. Yeah. yeah. That generation is also very expressive. Yeah. That generation is loud, proud, fucking colourful, does whatever they do. What like I've I've watched a fucking eleven year old do a makeup tutorial, and I'm like, yeah. why am, why am I into this? Like, yeah, a bitch. like the, the, the the kids, the kids are fucking. I'm not fifty, by the way. I keep saying kids <laughs> and younger generation. Like I'm like, <laughs> like you're gonna grab your cane and walk out of here. No, also, we start doing that though when we get with like I talk like I'm literally a hundred. Yeah. Like, I haven't even turned thirty yet. I'm still twenty nine. And I'm not being. Ages. So if you're a listener at home and you are 50, we love people of all ages. But I'm just saying, like, I'm 30, but there's still this generation that is totally different. And, like, I'm trying to, like, understand. Yeah. Mm. And um, there are things that they do that make me feel more comfortable. Because mm. I'm like, if you can do it, why the fuck can't I? Yeah, they're more... Uh, it's 
that acceptance piece, I think, is just not a bit more normalised for them. Mm-hmm. Whereas for us, it was like not necessarily normal and then we had to make it normal. Yeah. So it was like, like, I remember when I came out to my brother, we're seven years apart and he, his reaction was like, oh yeah, cool. Hopefully you can get married soon. Like, and just kind of walked around <laughs> the other room. I was like, bitch, are you fucking serious? Your heart's just on the floor. I was like, like, I mean, great. But like, he was just like, just like a normal chat with him. He was like, oh yeah. He's like, oh, I feel my friends are gay at school. Yeah, I was just when I'm with his day. I was like, okay. Yeah, I, w- I was with friends and they were like talking about um, their daughter was talking. She's like 13, I think, and she was talking about blah blah blah. And the mum said she, and she goes they, and I was like, oh my god, you just corrected your mum on my pronouns. That is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's huge. It's actually it's really like quite amazing. So to yeah, see. yeah. I, I honestly think that uh, like me being more comfortable is because I'm learning from a generation that wasn't my own. Mm. 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 Hmm. Which is so nice to hear when you think about it, because I guess when we look up the chain, we didn't have generations that were willing to learn. They were fixed, right? They yeah. were fixed in like, if you think of like potentially our parents, or even generations above our grandparents era, like they were fixed in those mindsets. And that's why it was so fucking hard for us in yeah. this kind of middle ground gen that's like, no, please listen. Like we're trying to show you something. We're trying to tell you something. Yeah. So like, I guess it would be nice for the younger gen to have like, you know, mm. us in their corners. <laughs> They're lucky to have us. Us old fucks. <laughs> not lucky to have me. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm just a drunk that cooks. <laughs> um, Speaking of being a drunk that cooks, no, I was going to say, <laughs> do you ever where have, you're going with that. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say, do you find it hard, you know, being gay, public eye, you know, you're doing a lot. Where do you have time for love and men? And dating because um, I don't fucking have time for them. I don't do half the things you do. I've been really selfish for the last three or so years where you don't fit into my life, you don't fit into my life, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not willing to negotiate on that. Saying that, yeah, yeah. I did see, I have been seeing people, but like it's more that I'll see people on my terms. Mm-hmm. Like, I travel a lot right now. Um, like, literally, I, I before this, I called my mom because like, we were talking about Mother's Day, and I was like. I'm willing to fly back home for Mother's Day. Do you want me here? And she's like, when would you be flying in? I'm like, I'll be flying in the morning. We'll have lunch and I'll be leaving at 5.30. <laughs> and she's like, don't do that. Because <laughs> like, I, I had to be in Sydney both the Saturday and the Monday. Yeah. So right. I would be flying in just for the Sunday. 5 Yeah. Yeah, Five exactly. Five. And then she was like, no, like that's dumb. Let's have dinner <laughs> like like during the week. What day are you free? And I was like, 2026. No, I literally was like, but my sister's not here either. So she's like, Amy's not here until the next week after. I'm like, well, that's great because I'm actually not free until the 18th. And mm. she's like, okay, cool. We'll lock in the 18th. Like yeah. my life right yeah. now is so fucking scheduled yeah. that mm-hmm. it's like, I don't have time to have a spontaneous sleepover. Yeah. Like, but you kind of have to be like, if you want to make shit happen, yeah, you have to be like, I we've found that and we're obviously not even in the same boat as you, but like just juggling a day job, this, we both studied last year like yeah. if we didn't set up our weeks for success and yeah. like have things locked mm. in and booked in like this season coming back for season four it's planned it's fully yeah. planned from the first episode to the last episode because we bitch we would be falling over if we're trying to work it out week like it's just not possible you have to you literally have to like i i'm really bad at using a diary mm. and i have gotten very good at it in the last mm. month mm-hmm. and a half two months maybe because this is when i think since the beginning of march was when it really ramped up for me where it became the like I honestly think that I've been interstate more than I have been in Melbourne wow. the last, like since uh, the beginning of March. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just how it is. Like yeah. work's back, travel is back. I was going to so say, back. COVID's over, like everyone's, full, all systems go. Yeah. yeah. And like everyone's trying to get all their spend out before the financial year ends. Yeah. 
yeah. yeah. But I think it's like the I guess for you know what I think of is like if it's important to you, you will block it out and you'll make time for it. And yep. like that's why it's blocked out. And like when people say to us like oh, you guys are so busy. You're like, oh, well, when, when are you free for dinner? I'm like, I'll give them a date and it might be in like three weeks. And it's mm. like, that's, they're like, oh, you're so busy. And it's like, it's because of things like this, like the recording the podcast mm-hmm. or whatever is like, they're important to me. They make me me. Like yeah. your, all your things would make you you. It's like, oh, why would I ever sacrifice? Now I can really relate to you on the whole like single thing. I've been single for four years yep. now. And it's like, I'm not willing to compromise on like just anything. I'd rather just stay single and just like yeah. the right person will fit in, right? Like I wasn't, <laughs> I like, I was seeing someone like all through summer because like there was no jobs and I was having fun. But then I was like, I am negotiating so much right now mm. that like they'll, I'll be like making sure that I go s- certain places because I'm like, yeah, we're going out there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't fucking want to go out. Like, when I'll- did you decide that? Like, when did you make that call? Cause I feel like it's ne- only now at this age where I'm like, no, not willing to, to move. This is the standard. Like when well, did that penny drop for you? Look, that, that I decided that, Oh, probably two years ago when I decided that like my, that I've got a certain amount of time to build something that I want. Yeah. Um. But then fucking something dumb happens. Like I fucking go and have drinks with someone, and then like I'm totally inanimate by them mm. for like three months. <laughs> that happens to me sometimes. Just at the checkout. <laughs> yeah. I fall in love pretty quickly. Can relate. Can relate. And I have to remind myself like this is just one of those things where you have a crush on someone for five minutes and it's not gonna go anywhere and then you'll just forget you'll forget about them in two weeks. Oh, but the funny thing is like when I'm done I'm so done. done. I'm so done where I'm like I have to force myself to really dislike you to get over you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I'm like so okay. I will find things and I will just be finished. Like it'll be like that person said this in a text message. That is gross. Like, <laughs> I, I, like it will be the smallest little things. Yeah. But because I, I was talking to um, one of my mates the other day, and he's like, "Oh, we would be so, it's so good together." I'm like, "Babe, we would be for about a week until I find that one thing that I hate about you, and I'll never <laughs> speak to you again." But it, like, once you see it, you uh, can't unsee it, girl. Yeah. yeah. And I, I know that's a, like that's a me issue. Because, like, <laughs> I was gonna say hot tips for the listeners from three single people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just make sure you find something to hate and you'll yeah. be alone forever. <laughs> These are standards, made them all fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like my standards aren't even I don't think I really have that. you know what I like? People who are driven. That's the, my mm. biggest standard. Well mm. like if you are just happy to like fucking chill every fucking day and like I don't know, I just need goals in your life. No, I'm with <laughs> you, girl. I literally said this to a girlfriend yesterday, we were out for lunch and I was like, if your ideal week, and no offense to anyone, if this is your ideal week, but for me personally, so if I'm gonna date you, like I don't come home from work and just pop on Netflix and cook meat and three veg and sit down and put my feet up. Like I've always got something to do. If it's like podcast, if it's this or that, it's always something on. And yeah. I feel like I want you to have equally as much on so yeah. that I don't feel like I'm too not available to you or whatever. And I also feel like you're equally as busy as me. So you're, we're both driven, yeah. like that's important. I don't want the idea of the concept of coming home and just like, both of us sitting down every night, like every now and then fine, but like maybe every night watching, both scrolling on your phone while the TV's on, not even talking to each other. That mm. makes me want to blow my brains out. Like I, I literally had a, a guy stay with me a couple of weeks ago. He's super lovely, like super lovely. Like we got along really well. Um, but I was like, it was really starting to really annoy me that I had things to do during the day. Like, and I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to go see friends. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> like this is annoying. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was like he didn't do anything wrong. No. It was just me being like, yeah. I was like, what is this? Like my housemate, <laughs> um, who I love, he's super busy 
all the time. He works really hard. He has, he has his own business and like they're trying to sell it right now. So he's working even harder mm. and he'll come home and he will literally, he'll literally just send me links to property because he really wanted like, we want to like start flipping houses. And I'm like, I love this. <laughs> just but, add that to your plate. Well, yeah. Well, he, <laughs> he wants a new project. And I was like, I'm happy to do that with you. Um, and they're like, I'm like, he's busy, but he still has time to do other things because you, I think this generation's about the hustle mm-hmm. and like we're all about like putting as much work into as many projects as yeah. we can because we need to diversify. That's it. Well, yeah. that's yeah, like it. any good portfolio, you've yeah. got to have some diversity in there. Yeah, COVID definitely taught, of, taught us that. Like, so many people now are like, oh, I just need something else to fall back on or like another thing because if they're like, they're normal, what they thought was going to be there forever, it just gets taken away from you yeah. again. It's like, what do you do? The other option is OnlyFans because I'm like so much money, <laughs> so much money, isn't it? I know. I was like, oh, I'm like, like, I would gladly squirt moisturizer on my feet for some money. Like, I'm not, I'm opposed to that. Okay, that's. I have you ever been on OnlyFans? <laughs> no, but like I'm saying, I would. That's the level that I'd go to. Yeah, okay. We could brand oh, no, it. there's holes. There's holes. <laughs> like, oh, no, my. I know. But like, if moisturizer on my feet. Yeah, like I would rub a bit of. Girls get money for that. Yeah, but. Yeah, Maybe okay. we could rub moisturiser on each other, you and I. Maybe. Someone I don't want to touch that, your surely. feet, though, please. No, like, it could just be sunscreen on the back. Okay. <laughs> I'm not paying for fucking sunscreen on anyone. Yeah, like, like, the fuck over and show me. <laughs> like, <laughs> sunscreen on his hole or nothing. <laughs> so, Khan's studying in OnlyFans and <laughs> is on the market. Yeah. is basically the headline oh of that. Oh, my God. This is, this is really funny. Uh, my manager and I were talking about new projects. <laughs> and she, she jokingly was like, what about OnlyFans? I'm like, yes. Foot and feed pics. <laughs> Where I drop food on my feet. Like, uh, <laughs> that's a new combo. Fucking hell. That'd, be, that'd blow up, I reckon. No, no. Get Julie Goodwin on, you can do no, a collab. Oh my God. No, we're not going to talk about that and Julie. Cause I'm like, <laughs> she's going to kill me. All right, Khan. So we're going to wrap with a bit of a game show mm. segment. In theme, obviously, MasterChef Mystery Box theme. So Mitch and I have Stressed. both put together. Yeah, you should be. Yeah, the beads of sweat are pouring down his face, ladies and gents. No I sweat. I have Botox. So. <laughs> no need to blot. So Mitch and I have put together a mystery box each with two, five different ingredients in each box. Okay, so there's ten ingredients. So I have to use them all. No, 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 no. You only have to use three of each, or can I use more? We're gonna do one box at a time. Oh, yeah. That's right. no fun. So. <laughs> We could combine it all and you could just use six. No, that's fine. No, fuck. I don't think you should combine all of these. <laughs> Probably cool. No. So it's normal It's normal mystery box rules. Obviously, you've got your staples underneath your bench. Yeah, but you've only got five ingredients in a mystery box. That's like nine. Okay, well, we're trying to just not... This is, this is the on-air version. <laughs> we're trying not to bore the listeners by reading off half of Coles. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay let's, let's do this. So, you've got your basics. With the... the concept of this game also we kind of sat down and we were like when we think of Khan he's obviously got a great DJ background as well you love cooking for people so the concept's actually you're hosting a dinner party yeah okay and you've got the mystery box okay and people are coming to your house yeah okay and you're cooking for them yep so to really paint the scene yep (laughs) now you're I'm there your first box this is box one my box you've got condensed milk yep beetroot Lychee. Yep. A whole snapper. A whole snapper. And coriander. Oh, that's easy. Wait, can I get that box? Because then we can work out um, courses. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, so my box is chicken necks, tin spaghetti, uh-huh. fresh pineapple, 
dark chocolate and curry powder. Your box is a lot harder. Yeah, really? Yeah, chicken. Like, uh, the chicken nugget is definitely a broth. A broth. We've got pineapple. We don't have a vegetable. No. I thought his box was easier. No, his box is definitely harder. Okay, let's go entrees with you. Let's go entrees with you because that's going to be the easiest thing. Um, <laughs> the chicken the chicken necks will be... Chicken necks, curry powder, fuck the chicken necks. We don't need them anymore. <gasps> no, we can. We can. We can render down the chicken necks because there'll be, fats around, there'll be fat around it. So if I can get some fat out of that, I can actually make a dough. All right? I'm yes. with you. Yeah. yeah. So I make a dough. Oh my gosh. Thin, like, let's get it real thin. We're, we're going very, very party food right now. Great. Perfect. Okay. So those two things. We're all bottoming later. So yeah. that's perfect. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> uh, we're going to stuff that with the tin spaghetti. What was the last thing that you had in yours? Curry powder. Curry powder. Perfect. That's the, the seasoning that's going to go on it. We're doing spaghetti curry puffs because of the, the dough, oh right? God, yum. And there's oil already, which means I can deep fry them. But to make it a little a little bit more, let's just salt some of the oil, the, the fat that came out of the chicken eggs and we use that as the seasoning. Wow. So we just have that as our entree. So the, the little spaghetti curry puffs. My jaw's on the floor. Like that's that's great. Like we love that. Yeah. You had the, the you had the snapper, the coriander, and the beetroot. Condensed milk and some lychee. Um, lychee. So lychee, we can make. We'll keep some whole. We'll make some to a, into a granita. So you've got like a really cold yeah. aspect. This is your. This is our dessert right now. Okay. Um, those two things under bench pantry means that we can always make a custard. Mm-hmm. Like there's always going to be a custard. Of course. How silly of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, because well, well, there's milk, eggs, sugar. So yeah, you make yeah. a custard with it. Okay. You make a custard that will go with the condensed milk. Um, and we have a condensed milk ice cream. We serve it with uh, heaps of the lychee granita around it. Some fresh lychees. Um, did you have coriander? Yes. That's going to be really interesting. So maybe I'll pickle some coriander skins. I mean, the stems. So that you have a little bit of freshness, a little bit of like um, sour in there as well, because there's vinegar in your underbench pantry, Yum. and that's like little bits of green that will go around. So you have something sweet, something that's like um, cold, something fresh, and something a bit sour. So that's our dessert done. The snapper, the snapper. Hopefully it's fresh and you got it from somewhere good. Of course. Um, we can cure <laughs> straight it straight from the market. Yeah, y- South Melbourne. Yeah, we can cure. We can cure it in the beetroot. Ooh. So um, juice the beetroot or shred the beetroot. Uh, with some salt and sugar. So thinly, like, get a slab of a snapper, <laughs> deep bone, de skin. That's done. Fuck me. I'm like, my mind right now. I I'm, feel like I'm watching Rain Man. It's <laughs> like, you should see Khan right now. His hands are like, it's like he's got a visual board. Yeah, carry the one. We've got this he's over here. He's picking things out of his brain. <laughs> yeah, but like, this, this is so fun though. Yeah. yeah. For me. So I've got like a, a, a lightly cured snapper. And then we'll cube some more of the um, the what? coriander. No, the beetroot. On the beetroot, beetroot yeah, and like little little bursts of beetroot. The the leftover skin that I took off the snapper, I will deep fry. So we've got a, a nice garnish, a nice crispy garnish on top. So Fuck crispy me. fish skins. Mm. And then if we wanted to add a little bit of sweetness, let's dice up some more of those um, lychees and just stick them on there. And it's a lovely dish. <laughs> Fuck me! Oh my god! Honestly, and coriander. We should we should just. We didn't come over was, and yeah. you just could make this three course Literally, meal for us. Oh my god! Imagine we it should, would work. I'm mean, like in my I mind, think it, would, it work. would work. We could make it. We'll make a reel. We'll post it. Done. Message on the machines. Dinner party. <laughs> now, the last part of the game. The last question is because you are a DJ. What would be like the best with this cuisine? What would be the best <laughs> song to serve these three dishes to? Do you think? Um, anything by Tony Bennett. 
is yeah, currently right. what I have right now for my dinner parties. Candles are a bit lit. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be candlelit because like a lot of it's it's quite like yeah, quite fun. Yeah, and they're like uh, people can sing along to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of like martini in hand. That's the vibe of it. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm yeah, it's you. always a martini. I've got my little tin spaghetti puff and a martini. <laughs> yeah. Tins, it's a curry puff and it's gorgeous. It's actually the dough's handmade. If I had an extra hour, we can make like a puff pastry with it as well. I'm dead with the chicken neck. We can give you an extra used. hour. We just use no, the is. fat from it. Yeah, That's we use it. the fat from it. <laughs> Chuck it out the rest. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Well, Khan, that was fucking unreal. I didn't actually expect it to go. I thought he'd Me be like, either. put some lychees on top of the snapper. Done. I want to win still i'm very competitive (laughs) (laughs) i love it um cool that's kind of all we have time for today and on a high a delicious meal i'm full (laughs) (laughs) i know i'm stuffed to the brim no but thank you so much for coming in it's been so great great chat i'm starving now which is i think we're coming to your place (laughs) if you're free because i'm fucking hungry i'll grab the tin spaghetti on the way (laughs) khan where can our gorgeous listeners find you if they want to find more of you um, <laughs> okay, Tony Bennett's that? in the house. Sorry, I get a bit vocal when I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so all of my handles are at Carnongs, so okay, H-A-N-H-O-N-G. That's across Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Um, they all serve different things. Yeah. Twitter, <laughs> I just rant about things I hate. Perfect. <laughs> um, and OnlyFans as well, yeah. <laughs> coming <laughs> soon. <laughs> coming soon. Food on feet. <laughs> um, my book is somewhere I don't know where it is it's, it's, all say, leading bookshops yeah, we'll yeah like just google gay guys guide to life love food and it will come up on the internet and you can find you can buy that uh, next project is a TV show that's going to come out soon as well so look out for that so those are kind of my little things and if you actually want to come and like hang out and have a chat, the George and Collins is my restaurant. I'm there most weekends. Um, book in. We're doing a new menu sometime soon. Oh, and I'm about to throw a Mother's Day party that I'm going to have to come back and host because my mum doesn't want to see me. So I'm still going to find out to host this party. Um, it's a get lit with your mum party. Fun. So, oh my God, uh, we a, should do that. It's a bottomless brunch, basically, for you and your mum. That's great. Oh my God, we should do that. Our mums have actually been guests on this show before, so they're very much a part well, of the... Well, my whole thing was I said to my business partners, there are cool mums that don't want high tea. Yeah, there are cool mums totally. that want to sit down and have some fucking carbs and get smashed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And mums. we are going to cater to those mums. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, amazing. And then obviously also your family memoir coming out soon, My Father the Snake Catcher. <laughs> <laughs> I love that name though. <laughs> it's so great. fun. Thank you so much for having me. I've had an absolute ball. Um, yeah, that was the end of that. No, love you. Thank you so much. It's been our pleasure. And if you are looking to keep up with us, also head to our Instagram. It is at Message on the Machine. We post some stuff there on our days off. Obviously, once you've finished this episode, make sure that you click follow, subscribe, or whatever it asks you to do on that platform. And also leave us a glowing review because Khan will be so upset if you don't. Khan will throw some tin spaghetti at you if you don't (laughs) and on that note guys good luck out there yeah we'll see you at the next one this episode was brought to you by waverly led and facials